Pecans, almonds, and cashews. Whitney's mom is making caramel. Oh, she has regular caramel. She has peppermint caramel. What? I don't know about that. Check Complete, a referee podcast, is an educational resource for referees by referees, designed to connect and develop soccer officials of all ages and skill levels to better serve the game both on and off the field. Welcome back to the Check Complete podcast. It is season two, episode number 13, uh, here with Nathan Calling. Nathan, how are we? Wonderful. Thanks for having me back. It is great to have you back. Um, this episode, we are going to dive into, I know we've kind of, the last few episodes, we stepped a little bit away from our nerding out segments, and um, by the overwhelming lack of mail that we got about it, uh, we're going to keep, we're going to go back to it. So I, I don't know if anybody was really missing it or not, but I was. I was. I is. Absolutely. I is. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So we're going to start with grammar, and then we're going to move to... <laughs> I'll <try that> again. <laughs> So anyway, um, so let's let's nerd out. So Nathan, you are um, well. We're all referee nerds, you know, in our own right. But sure. you've you've nerded out with some referee gear over the years, right? So and you've brought some of that for uh, show and tell to the class today. I did. Um, I feel like I kind of have a little bit of a reputation of nerding out on referee gear videos and what you call it. So yes, thought I'd come help out a little bit today. Yes, we're thrilled. So we're just going to jump right into this um, about several different items that, uh, and so some of you might have, you know, been contemplating purchasing these, or um, maybe you're asking Santa Claus for it uh, in the upcoming holiday season. I don't know, but um, let's let's see what we got here. So what do what do we want to start with? You've got some different okay. items here. Um, we could talk about things items you'd use before the match even starts. Yes, before the go. match. Here yeah. we go. So pretty much everyone has some sort of gauge and pump, you know, before the game that we should be using. Um, but in regards to making things a lot simpler, a lot easier, a lot more efficient, um, I have one that's an electric one. A lot of people have seen, oh, what do you call it? What's the big name? The Torex. Torex, yes. Yeah. So the Torex is a big name brand everyone wants. Kind of hard to get their hands on. Yeah, they've stopped making them. That's what I've heard. Yeah, uh, they stopped making them. Unfortunate, because they're wonderful. They are, yeah. Very helpful. Um, so I found one on Amazon from a brand called Fantic. Um, I'm not paid to say Yeah, this is name. not a paid not ad. nothing. Yeah, I it's, wish it was. I wish. We'd make a lot more money. Yeah. And so this one's nice. You can, you can go ahead and just set it just like one. You can change the sports mode. So for those of you out there who are using it for different sports, you can do that as well. Change it up, change it down. And then once you get it where you need, just use the needle on the back, screw it in, and hit go. Well, let's let's see it because the needle comes out. Yeah, I'm contemplating purchasing this item. So, so the needle hides in the back, which is nice because then you don't break it. Yep. You can just screw it on. Like does it also this. come with a and like an adapter that you could? Does like, it like a longer one? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, okay. I think you probably find it if I mean. But you can just I feel like all, I mean, that's just fine. Right? I think all needles are pretty much the same, so you could probably just find one yeah. from another brand. But yeah, and then simple as that. And I can feel the air. So depending on which ones you get, some are a lot nicer, some are a little faster. Um, but this one gets the job done. 
Nice What's, and handheld. What was the downside on this one that you mentioned? The only negative on this one is it doesn't take air out of it. It only puts air into the ball. So, mm-hmm. you know, I still carry a gauge with me for that instance. I just take it out that sure. way. Or you could just put the, you could take the needle out and just screw it, it that way. Use the, that, yeah. Pretty simple. Right. So it's not, I mean, if that's, if that's your big hang up, then I guess this isn't for you. I don't know, but there's but, ways to do it. Yeah. So. And there's lots of other options out there. Some are, I don't know if there's one smaller than this. This is the smallest one I found, but. There's lots of other very convenient ones that you can use. So. How's the battery charged? How often do you have to... Uh, I have had this pretty much through the whole college season since okay. the, or maybe late summer. So three or four months? And I haven't had to charge it yet. So, oh, so, wow. so far, so good. Okay. Because I bought one a while back and I was not pleased with how long the charge or lack thereof lasted. I was like, this is hot garbage. No, I can't en- remember what the brand was. I've so. enjoyed this one so far. I've seen a couple others out there that people have had through the college season that have been very helpful. But yeah, I like it. I mean, I, it's I recommend it. Somewhat aesthetically pleasing as well. Sorry, kind of spit on you there, but, uh, but yeah, no, yeah. And this brand has larger pumps as well. They do. Yeah, I've actually because I like this one so much. I actually bought more for my road bike for my car, mm-hmm. and I think they have just some massive ones. Maybe even with you know that you can plug it into your car to charge mm-hmm. it up tractor you yeah your combine <laughs> if you need you, you need to gas up the old combine on your think, way to a match that's a kansas speaking but that's all right yeah that's right <laughs> that's right yeah okay very cool so uh pumps but yeah if you can get your hands on a torex those are nice i know those are retailing at about 70 dollars. yeah but i think there was some sort of chip in there that got Originally, I think it was like got stuck in a barge in the middle of, the ca- of a canal somewhere I or something. I think that's where every chip has gotten stuck. Right. Somewhere in the middle of the ocean. But then the company just decided, yeah, I guess we're done. Like, I mean, I get that. Sure. I feel that about every day. <laughs> just think about mailing <laughs> just it in. Just give it up. But Torix did it. So props to you guys for quitting. Um, but for, for what we're doing, uh, you, there's a lot of different stuff on Amazon. You can go and, and peruse several different options. And, of course, in the world of customer reviews, you can read from people that Absolutely. Done it. but that brand seems very reputable you've spoken highly of it and then if you do go onto the amazon page you can read it's it's really highly um has, starred has really good reviews reviewed. yeah yeah okay cool so yeah definitely if you're i mean i've got the old hand pump which works it works but gets the job done if you've got if you've got five six game balls that's you know they dump a bag out and you're like ah sheesh you know good luck and sometimes the accuracy of, you know, you got to, then you got to figure out what the PSI is at and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, just a lot more convenient. Okay. So good, good tech, good, solid start there. All right. What's our next item? Um, I'm thinking, I think another one we can talk about is spray. Oh yeah. We, yeah, we kind of haven't really talked about spray before. It's not s- super common, uh, but everyone sees it in the professional leagues that they're using this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the same brand that they're using in the professional leagues called Ref Edge Pro. I know there's a couple others out there, but this seems to be the go-to and both the professional game and the college game recently. Yeah, college has a partnership with, or excuse me, NISOA has a partnership with Ref Edge. Yep. So now talk about the holster. So the holster is actually not one that comes with Ref Edge. Um, it's actually a different brand. I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head. I want to say, yeah, I want to say it's Expo Line, but I could, I could be wrong. Yeah, I have um, the same one. But this is the one they use more often in the Champions League that you see versus the ones they use in the MLS or in college. Um, seems to be a little bit more, th- a little thicker, be able, it's a little bit more sturdy. Um, but it's at the end of the day, it really comes down to per- personal preference. Yeah, 
one of the things that I found with a full can of spray and that holster, it can weigh your trousers down if you're not careful. It can. Uh, you better tie them tight. Yeah, tie them real tight. <laughs> Otherwise, you're sagging yeah. as you're running through. We don't need or, you're, <laughs> or you're doing one of these numbers. It's like running through an airport with a backpack, you know. It just gets wild. So anyway, um, now do you do you keep it capped? I do not keep a cap. I have seen that before. I typically have to take the cap off, um, leave it in the locker room beforehand, yeah. or leave it at midfield beforehand. But I prefer not to run around with that. That way I can just put it back on afterwards and not have to worry about it. Yeah. And that way I'm not, you know, spraying that all over my referee bag in between games as I'm traveling. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and I... Exactly. Yeah. And I, I'm not one that keeps the cap on, but I, I've seen several people that will keep the cap on during the game. I've seen um, that. Ref Edge uh, Pro also has that company. You can buy the holsters from them. You can get the plain black or green or m multiple different colors that I, you can get. I've seen people that do it either to match their jerseys, match their whistles. Mm -hmm. I prefer just to have the black and just stick with that and use it every game. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, yeah, no, if you've never used spray now, uh, just be careful where you're working. You might need to get permission um, if this is something you can use. Um, but I know for us, like high school, there's zero restrictions on that in the state of Kansas. There's no restrictions. In, it, in fact, it's encouraged in the collegiate game to use for management. Yep. Um, obviously, this is for, for those that are wondering, this is for um, setting walls. Right. That's one thing uh, primarily is what we're using this for is yep. to set where the ball is, is, a, is an initial spray and then another spray when we're 10 yards away. But um, we've also seen some people get creative with Absolutely. this. I think we saw JC Rivera was the first one to do it at a Sporting KC match. I mean, multiple years ago when mm -hmm. he went to go talk to an assistant referee about a decision. And, you know, as we've seen before, lots of people like to crowd around the referees and Give their opinions, we like to say. Right. So in order to combat that, he kind of just put the spray down and it worked like magic and everyone stood away from him. Yeah. So I, I think he was the first. Yeah. I don't know who it was, but I remember seeing that. And then the other thing around walls, obviously we need players. If it's a three, if the wall has three or more defending players in it, we need attacking players a minimum of, of one yard away. We don't need them there. They... <laughs> In order for them to keep the free kick, they need to be a, a minimum of a yard away. And so I have seen referees do that as well, yeah. where they'll step the player off and then spray uh, to give them a visual reminder, which I think we all are visual people. And then that helps us manage those situations a little bit better, for sure. These bottles, I mean, the canisters retail for $10 a canister. Is that correct? Sounds about right. Pretty close. So you can get six for $60. That's math. <laughs> um, and uh, so... That I mean, they're they're not they're not cheap. They're not cheap, but right? they last you. I think if you, I mean, if you abuse it in a game, you could probably get three games out of those. Yeah, that's probably. I'd say two to three games if you're abusing it. Um, but I don't use it that often, pretty sparingly, and right gets me a handful of games. You want me to share an embarrassing moment with this? Uh, I yeah. I so I don't keep the cap on, and I probably should because there was one time where um, I bent over and I'm. <laughs> I have a little bit in, well, some crafts refer to it as a muffin top, but uh, I have a little bit of a spare tire at times. And so I kind of bent over and I hear this sound and I look in, in my- And it wasn't your spare tire going it flat? It was not my, no, okay. no. And I, and I, my fat had pushed the canister and it was just spraying into my- 
stomach. So, yeah, one of my low lights. So Some did, would say rock bottom. Did you learn from that? What did you learn from this? Um, lean the other way. <laughs> Not, I mean, most people would be like, yeah, you need a lifestyle change. I was like, I'll just <laughs> lean the other way. And then I went home and wolfed down a pizza, you know? So anyway, cool. Spray, good stuff. All right. There are other brands, like you said, but this is the one I think that we see most often yeah. and be because there are existing partnerships at multiple levels. It's kind of amazing what a can of Barbasol can do for you. Yes. Right? Yeah. Just make sure you don't get the like ones where you have to like rub it in because then it gets real awkward when you're like down on the turf having to like... It's a little awkward. The spray foam stuff. Okay. What's next for us? Uh, Mary Poppins here. Want to go oh, communication devices? Yeah, let's talk about yeah. communication I think, devices. I think People everyone wants to learn more about this. With communication devices. Okay. So everyone, or I wouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people recently, last couple of years, have seen the influx of communication devices, headsets, comms, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Um, but we've seen them at all different kinds of levels, all different versions of these, some more, some less expensive. Um, at the end of the day, it really doesn't come down to what system you have. I think it really comes down to how you use it. Sure. And um, just, you know, how that communication happens between the referee and the assistant referees and your fourth official if there is one. So um, I've been fortunate enough, fortunate enough to get a nice set of Okeros. I've had them for probably five or six years now. Yeah. They've been very, very helpful. Um, I don't use them all the time, but when they do, man, they're they're nice to have. Yeah. So Vocero is is top of the line for sure. Um, there's a lot of of uh, and they and these are not. They were at one point right when you, when you had them were they the top of the line version. So there was a version that looked just like this uh, that was called the Pro version. Okay, I think that was what it was called. And these are the Varsities, the blue. They're they're blue. They're Varsity. If they're gray, they're I think they're called Pro. Okay. Don't quote me on that because I'm probably wrong. Probably close enough. And then now they have the squadron. They're the so these were always called the squadra. These were the squadra varsities. Oh, excuse me. And then the other ones were squadra pros, and then the new ones are the elite. I think it's the elite. I think that sounds right. Elite. I think and it's so. Those elite. are the ones that like all the big wigs are wearing. Those are the ones that I've seen um, on some professional levels. A lot of, I think the MLS is using those. But I know the World Cup actually uses a different brand, which is kind mm -hmm. of strange. But, yeah, there's a lot out there. And these continue to get better and better, way more clear. The new ones are fantastic. It's like you're on a phone call. These will cut out, get a little fuzzy sometimes, but they're still wonderful. Yeah. These are like if you're on a phone call on, like, Cricket Wireless. <laughs> Whereas the other ones are like, you're on a phone call on Verizon or something, or T-Mobile. Uh, we're not going to go after Ryan Reynolds and Mint, or is it Mint Mobile? Mint, Mint yeah, yeah. We won't Mint. go after him today. Yeah. But. So, yeah. But but there are a lot of, and forgive me, I didn't bring them with me. I'm so sorry. But there are a lot of other options. We have one that uh, another member of our chapter, John Burke, had given, had, had an extra set of these. And they're essentially just like... It kind of advertises like motorcycle comms, mm -hmm. although there is a on the box. There's like a, a picture of a soccer referee, so they, oh, okay. they actually are. But but they are and and obviously for those of you that have um, that use these, you know it's it's an open mic system. Except for if you do have a fourth official, they are a push to talk for obvious reasons. Yep. Um, but you know you for these you have the World Cup headsets. I do. Yes. So. Um, the ones that tuck in here, uh, you can also, you have a mold, correct? You have an ear mold. Um, a lot of officials 
you know, if you're working games, a, a lot of games with these types of either the Vocaros or even the Yapalongs, right? Mm -hmm. You could use your headset, your ear mold for the Yapalongs too. Yeah. Well. It's kind okay. of a process where you just have to go to an audiologist. You get that impression from the audiologist. It's kind of like when you, when you go to the dentist, they mm -hmm. do the impression with your mouth. It's a very similar thing they do with your ear. Yeah. And then you just take that and you ship it off. In the past, it used to have to go off to Switzerland. Mm. So it was a couple month process to get that thing back through customs. Mm -hmm. Now, I believe through Vocero, they've simplified it and it's now done in, in the United States. Don't ask me where. I don't know that answer. Um, but don't it's, know a, either. it's a much faster process, I believe, as far as I'm aware now. So it's much help. Very, and very helpful. And if there's a problem with it, can you get it redone? Um, you can get the impression redone. I don't know about the mold. That would kind of depend on okay. whoever that's being I just sent off to. Because they're kind of expensive. And I was I was always told that you can you never really get a, a second chance at a first impression. <sighs> Sorry. Anyway, uh, for the next topic already. Yeah, we can cut that. That's fine. We you better not. You better not cut that because that was that was pure gold. It was, it was clever. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. It took me a while to get there. Anyway, um, so yeah, you can get those those done. It is a, a little expensive, but I would say, I mean, you would say it's worth it if you Absolutely. if you're working a lot of games with that stuff. Yeah, if you're using them often, the impression and the ear mold just makes it so you get a perfect fit pretty much every single time, which just makes it so much better than having to find a you know because typically on these things there's a couple different earbud sizes you got to find the right one, yeah. small, medium, large. There's some little. But they, I think they call them concha retention pieces. Mm. Um, everyone thinks they're antennas. They're not, but they look like it. Yeah, but and those have different sizes. Those have different sizes too. Yeah. And so trying to find that perfect fit every single time, and if people are missing things, then you're yeah, you, yeah, you're you a never little bit unlucky. Uh, you might have to you might have to wear the the tall instead of the grande piece. You know, not good for me. No, that's right. Yeah, when you really want the uh, oh, what's the large called? The venti. Venti. You want the venti, venti. piece. Yeah. Uh, you Some go, Starbucks had to reinvent You go way too much. So stupid. <laughs> so stupid. Um, but yeah, the the honestly, to go back to the the uh, the uh, my, the um, uh, motorcycle ones, mm -hmm. they work pretty good. Um, they do fairly well. I, I'm amazed that if you can get them synced up, sometimes the syncing has like a hard time on it, but you have to kind of sync mm -hmm. them up, but you get it right. And then, yeah, you don't have to wear a full helmet. <laughs> Uh, but it is like an over-the-ear thing. You can buy. There's a set. You can buy other things. It's just the normal. Um, what is that? The the headphone jack. The, like the, I think it's like three point five millimeter. Jack, yeah, it's, it's just called. a normal. So anything yeah. you could find would probably work for that. Yeah. And then you can actually get. You can buy a fourth one and then get one that is a push-to-talk type thing. Okay. Because uh, we use that at a state tournament in uh, in uh, Topeka. Cool. So. We, yeah, so there actually is that available, which is nice. So anyway, lots of options when it comes to communication devices. Before, if you're out there and you're like, I want it now, <laughs> before you buy a communication device, make sure that like where you're working, that's permissible. Um, it's becoming more and more prevalent in our game. Um, but I will say, I think there's a lot of... Um, Feelings of make sure you know how to referee without them first yes. because they can be leaned on as a crutch uh, and can be used incorrectly, which can be can be problematic as well. So uh, I think they're they're meant to be to be an additional add on to I've done you know I've created some good base levels of, of who I am not to to uh, sub 
supplement or take the, let me, let me say it this way, not to take the place of good mechanics. I kind of think about it as like a VAR for your referee communication. Yeah. So like don't use the VAR or the comms to replace your normal everyday, day-to-day refereeing style. Kind of have to mix it up and use these as an additional tool to still still doing the eye contact. At the yeah, end of the day, right? because these go out and you this is what you're relying on, now you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. So use it as an additional tool. It's kind of your last step in regards to communicating with the, with the rest of your crew. Yeah. I will say one thing that we have done before, uh, you've done this, I've done this, that's, mm-hmm. that's helpful is in training. Yep. Um, if you have a, a, a new official uh, and you're able to do, maybe this is in a clinic setting or a preseason scrimmage or something like that, this can be really, really helpful to put, put the headsets on, put the communication devices to work so that you can be the kind of observer and you're coaching as they're going. Yep. That can be really helpful. I've done that in like two-man games or even a three-person crew when I'm on the line um, and you can kind of coach as you go along. Uh, or you've done it where, you know, you mic'd up the crew and then you're in the in the bleachers or, you know, field side of in some capacity walking them through specific things like, hey, good job with that, or mm-hmm. let's get the flag up in the other hand, this and this and this. So there's there's a lot of opportunities for education um, for these to be utilized. Yeah, I've also done it. I've done it with just one other official before where either I've just been the referee and then like one of my ARs had the other had one other mic, just two of us. And then the third AR didn't have it, but that's because the third AR was experienced and I was just trying to walk the new one through some stuff you know, he was newer to high school, kind of newer to refereeing in general. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't have much, a big background in regards to where do I stand? How do I signal? Um, so I kind of thought, worked with him on that just to say, yeah. hey, you know, make sure you switch the flag tier under versus above. Right. Just or some of those just basic Little things. small things just to make things look cleaner. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, I can't ref, I can't make him, force him to referee a certain way. But I think having a little voice in the back of your head yes. telling you how to work a little bit cleaner definitely helps. That live feedback yeah. and and the lessons learned through hearing you manage. Mm-hmm. Hearing like I kind of I've learned so much about managing people, players, coaches um, just by being on communication devices with other officials. Um, working games with John oh. and hearing him manage uh, John Freeman our, our local um professional referee so i there's a lot of educational opportunities that these can be utilized for and it's becoming more and more prevalent in our games at, at all levels i know the high schools have even said like what if we bought these would you guys use them it's like yeah we probably would but yeah. i don't i'm not sure if that's i don't know if they then raise the bar internally to be like we've given you comms why are you making mistakes <laughs> that's not how this works yeah, also, we do not become professional referees just because we have these. No, no, I'm still just as bad as I was before I put the headset on. See, so. part of the gift of having this is you just look more professional. You don't actually have to do anything better. Yes. People just trust you a lot more. You could not have it plugged into anything. You, that would be you awesome. You could. That would be Not awesome. even bring these, just, just bring the headset? Just bring the headset oh. and just tuck it into your shirt. Sign me up. And then just be the whole time, just be like, no, no, he said, said there's no contact there. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Thank you. Oh, My ARS said corner kick, but he pointed for a th- throw it. <laughs> Don't worry about Don't it. Don't argue with the communication <laughs> device. All right, what else you got down there? Sure. 
Nathan Poppins. That's what you're our last one. Um, it's not really a referee-related item, but it's more of just a fitness, you know, keeping yourself health, keeping yourself healthy. That's a tongue twister. That's a tongue twister. That one hurt. Um, it's called Hyper Ice, the Hyper Volt. They have a couple different models, smaller, larger, cheaper, more expensive. Mm -hmm. This kind of more middle of the road. I like it because it's small, portable, can easily go and fit my bag. Doesn't take up a lot of space. A uh, bunch of different attachments, a bunch of different brands out there as well. You yeah. know, don't have to get this one. I know NISOA has a partnership. Our the referee college referee organization, NISOA, has a partnership with Hyperice to get a little bit of a discount. Don't remember what that discount is, but they every little I bit. I don't know helps. if they still do or not, but they did at some point. They did Whether at some they point. do now, I'm not sure. Yeah, so. I don't remember off the top of my head. They've kind of gone in and out, a bunch of them, but very helpful just for before games, after you're stretching, just to get that little extra oomph in your step with your muscles. Um, after games, they're wonderful just to stretch stretch out, feel better, recover. Because at the end of the day, we are doing a lot of games, especially in our, for us, especially in our fall and spring seasons when you're doing multiple, you know, you could do five games in five week game days in a week. And right. this just, every little bit helps. So. Yeah. I rely on this thing probably too much. Yeah. Well, like you said, there's a thousand. I have I have this exact same one. This mm -hmm. retails, I think, for 150. Sounds right. On on Amazon, or um, if it's in a store, it's free if you run fast enough. <laughs> um, but this is 150. I got this for 100 on Black Friday. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's a great tool. It works really really well. You can get quite a bit in a charge. I'm using mine. Mine's kind of parked in my basketball bag right now for okay. referee stuff because sometimes we don't get the chance to warm up like we do. And so this allows me to kind of get my muscles a little bit warm, stimulate things a little bit in the locker room before the game. Um, I'd be curious to know how much this does for you. I don't know how like, much is of it, it a, is real or if it's a placebo effect. I'm not it's sure. It's a placenta effect is what it's called. I don't think we can put that on the internet. That, <laughs> no, it is placebo, not placenta. That's right. Anyway, no, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much it, someone really needs don't. to. We need to do some research on that, but or somebody that's that's watching this, you know, maybe that's in physical therapy or something like that, could tell us if these really do work. But I, I've seen them, you know, yeah. I've seen the PTs and chiropractors and people like that use these. I think between these and then, I know a lot of people are also starting to get the what are the legs called? The from sleeves, Piper. the Normatex. Yeah, sleeves. the Normatex from. But I know a lot of people are starting to use those as well. Kind of similar concept in regards to getting blood flow in your muscles yeah um usually after games for recovery mm -hmm. i know that just helps push all the old blood out basically and bring the new blood in get, get the that's something i hear people say yeah we'll just use that word <laughs> yes i don't actually know what it is but it sounds good right right <laughs> well yeah and i think there's a ton of, of different options in this this type of stuff but yeah i would say nothing replaces good old-fashioned stretching yes but also if you do have connections to a you know physical therapist um if i know for us like we have people within our community that are pts or there's other people that reach out like have your local organizations reach out and connect with these groups um i've got a buddy that's pt and he'll do some manual manipulation as well as if you've not had dry needling done before um that can be kind of painful at times but it is it works wonders if you have issues. So um, these can be great. Definitely go in and, you know, if you're running into to aches and pains and things like that, talking to your general practitioner is not a bad idea, but I would encourage going to a PT clinic, especially those in, in your area, if you have one in your area that's more 
sports specific. We've got a, a handful of options in Kansas City, but um, you know, there's some that are more sports specific, things like that. Those can be really, really helpful. But yeah, great resource. And the size of this, you can find other ones that are these kind of minis. I would encourage the smaller size just because it fits easier in your bag and yeah. it's easier to travel with and all that kind of stuff. So very good. Was that the last of our items that, that we have here? I think that's the last one I brought today. Yeah. I know there's a handful of other things I probably could have talked about in regards to flags, whistles, coins. Yeah, we've talked about some of the referee-specific yeah. stuff, but there's other things um, with regards to watches. We've talked a little bit about that before, but um, different programs that you can use, uh, different watches and Garmin. Um, a lot of folks are, are Garmin fanatics. Um, I use an Apple Watch when I referee and then a basic kind of basic timepiece I got oh. off Amazon for 15 bucks on the other side. Um, and I and I know we both use the, the uh, Ref6 platform. Mm -hmm. So we'll plug them, um, and what Ref6 is doing, fantastic uh, app that you can use. And there's some other knockoff type things yeah. um, that that's really really good. But I I pay for the pro version of it, and it allows me to see um, a much more broken down analysis of just how much I walked <laughs> and stayed in the center circle. Like my heat map is like. It's like the sun. It's it like still looks green. It's like the Japanese flag in there, man. It's just a big red dot right in the middle of the thing. So that's wonderful. Anyway, no, but the, a lot of great resources that yeah. way. I know there's some other brands for watches and things that people use. You, you've you're an Apple Watch guy, right? I'm an Apple Watch guy, um, and then I also wear. I got a Garmin a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. and so before I switched back to another Apple Watch, and so I ha actually wear both now. I, again, I'm a tech guy. That's why I'm on this episode. That's yeah. why we're both nerd. Yeah. Guilt is charged. But so I wear both and I love both of them for their own reasons. Garmin has their own referee watch app. It doesn't let you keep track of scores and cards and that mm. sort of thing on there, but it does a very good time of keeping track of stoppage time and your distance run, all that sort of stuff that you can keep on there. It's nice to have options between if you want to use Polar, Apple Watch, Garmin, Vivo Active, you know, I know there's so many out there. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of up to your, up to you. I know Ref6 only works with a couple different watches. Mm -hmm. Their website will tell you which ones they work with, but that's kind of been my go-to recently is Ref6 on the Apple Watch, and that's how I keep track of every single game now. What about Whoop? Whoop, I don't think so. They don't have, they don't have a Well, ref. when you're lacking a screen, that doesn't really help you. Yeah, they don't have it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but what's that do? It tracks your sleep? Yeah, and just so and like everything else. Yeah, you know for a, whoop bands, right? This is bro, a thing. It is a thing. It's a you had it. You whooped for a while. I whooped for a little bit. Yeah, and then I saw the price and I said, "Whoop, there it goes." Yeah, so, nice. <laughs> like that? Yeah, that is good stuff. So we um, should be charging for this kind of content. <laughs> that is good uh, stuff. We would have no subscribers. No, that's okay. That. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Okay. Very cool. So lots of options that way. And I know some people will wear, uh, like heart rate monitors, yep. um, or the stat sports tracking pods, Yep. different things like that. Have you ever done either of those? I have not. Um, I use my watch to keep track of my heart rate during games so I can kind of see how I'm doing in regards to my physical, just well being during those games and to see just how hard am I actually working. Some games, you know, I, could feel like, oh, I worked really hard after the game. And then afterwards I look down and go, I only ran five miles or four miles or whatever it was, but my heart rate was really up. So I know 
something's going wrong and mm. you know either I need just need to work on my fitness myself or I need a different kind of training maybe I need to do more interval training to get used to the game speed versus just mm -hmm. going on long walks to the fridge yes so. <laughs> right but yeah there's, there's lots of options out there I do know a couple of referees that use the chest strap because they get a much better reading compared to your wrist mm -hmm. makes sense but those are a little bit more expensive. I think they're uncomfortable personally, but again, teach their own. And then the sport, the stat sports one you were talking about is what you see a lot mm -hmm. of players wearing now. Like the pod that's kind of back here, right? Yeah, it kind of looks like the, the sports bra. That yeah. You put the pod in the back. Right. And from what I know, some people really enjoy those. They think it gives you really good readings on your running dynamics. I personally think my Apple Watch and my Garmin or either one of those is good enough. I don't like to get that detailed into the metrics, and I don't need to look at it right. every single game. But it's nice to just have a general idea of what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah lots of options mm -hmm. there um, for sure, for sure. And, like, other things, like you don't have a, like you don't have a pacemaker. Or do anything. not. Not that I'm aware of. Okay, yeah. I don't, I don't think that's anything that anybody would do on purpose, but we could have somebody <laughs> in here that does. I don't know. Okay, so lots of ways that technology is stepping into our game mm -hmm. uh, on the referee side of things. And, of course, this is only the tip of the iceberg as far as what's being used, utilized at the professional level yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But for those of us that are just mere mortals, <laughs> the peasants that we are, yeah. uh, things that we can use that our leagues allow us to use. And again, I'd reemphasize re that. Make sure before you start spending money on stuff, make sure that where you're, ref where you're officiating regularly is going to be okay with you utilizing that technology. Absolutely. Um, and then within that, just you know, start to explore it. Maybe it's not one of those things where you go crazy on it, but to start, start to kind of feel things out and see what works for you. Sometimes the old old school stuff is just best. And and there's definitely times where I've because I use Ref Six, but there's times when it's just there's something nice about getting out of the old pen and paper and, and writing it. Um, flags. We didn't really go down that road, but mm -hmm. if we're using beepers or what do we have? Um, there's definitely something to just good old-fashioned. Again, it can't replace bad mechanics, no. and it can't replace poor work ethic and being out of position and bad communication with uh, just normal eye contact, things like that. So let's make sure we focus on those things True. first and foremost instead of going, well, if I can just get this next piece of technology, my game's going to change forever. Like That's just not the case. Yeah, I would say you can't rely on it too much because then you start going away from actually refereeing the game. You just start relying on, oh, this thing will fix it for me. And I think what we found is that is not the case. Absolutely. People that rely on it too much end up being a worse referee than they were. Just keeping things simple. Right, right. And, I mean, you should know, right? <laughs> Why do you think I own all this stuff? Right! <laughs> we rest our case. All right, well, we'll be back with more here. We're going to take a quick break uh, from our sponsor, JF Consulting, and uh, we'll be back with more wonderful Check and Plate content. The Check and Plate podcast is brought to you in part by JF Consulting Tax Preparation and Bookkeeping. Taxes suck, we can help. Excited to sit down today virtually um, with Sarah Gonzalez. Uh, Sarah is the uh, girls soccer coach at Shawnee Mission West High School. She has experience officiating. She's a teacher. Uh, she's a friend of mine that we've known each other for several years and uh, worked together, um, you know, in a unique way, referee and coach, but worked <laughs> together to uh, 
provide the best uh, possible environment for student athletes in this area. So Sarah, thanks for taking time to be with us today. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah. So I, that's the very brief introduction. What else would you like to share with us about who you are? I've uh, been coaching for 20 years now. It went by very, very fast. I got to play at the great University of Kansas. I was a goalkeeper, very short goalkeeper. But, uh, you know, when I, I started back in second grade playing soccer, it was just to fill between basketball and softball. So did not think that soccer was my future. And then about fifth, sixth grade, just found a passion for it and wanted to learn more. Plus, my parents wanted me to get a job. So I started refereeing, uh, which was an amazing different view of that uh, and had the honor of winning the 1999 Youth National Referee of the Year uh, way back when. So I was able to go to Florida and see nationals and help be a kind of a fifth official, I would say. I wasn't the fourth official, but I was the fifth official. Just got to be part of that experience. Refereed some college games, but then when I started playing college soccer, I kind of retired in the referee side and, um, you know, I think when my kids get older, I think I would love to jump back into it because I, I enjoy being in that part, just being part of the game in any way. Well, we've got that soundbite recorded. So in several <laughs> years, we will loop back to that. To All right. Get you Sounds re-certified. good. Yeah. I mean, Very I have good. two-year-old so, twins, so they're they're ways away from going getting older. We, so. True, true. Yes, that is true. Um So, yeah, so you have been able to see and have such a unique experience and perspective because you've been able to see uh, all aspects of the game, which, mm-hmm. quite honestly, I wish more would. I think that gives an appreciation to to, to this beautiful sport that we appreciate. So um, you already talked about how you got into refereeing. Um, so it was really just a, a, a way to make money. And then you kind of found out you were pretty good at it. Or were there people that invested in you? Or how did that transpire? I think, you know, when a lot of younger kids get into it, it is kind of just a job. Uh, and unfortunately, yeah. you get thrown into the side fields where the parents just kind of take over and scare you. Um, But I I didn't back down with it, which I think some of the parents were kind of surprised. And I kind of enjoyed being able to control the flow of the game, not really control, I shouldn't say, but like just help it flow even more and not listen to the outside. Um, And just wanted to be part of it. I had a teammate who was actually an opponent at the time, but uh, Stacy Leeper also refereed. And then another one named Nikki Wally and Reagan Dyro. The four of us just kind of refereed a lot and we just kind of mm-hmm. got scheduled together. So it was nice to hang out with opponents and teammates and um, help build each other because we were a lot of young females out there and they mm-hmm. didn't like that at first. And then we just kept growing more and more confident. So I think those three women really helped me grow as a referee and wanting to be there more. So a lot of what you're saying there, just to extrapolate the the confidence piece was built a lot on that we were you were in it together, right? And you were yes. in it with people mm-hmm. that that could empathize with your situation, that you're right. a female in a, and especially, forgive me for saying back then, but especially back then. <laughs> it's been a while. Right? Yeah. <laughs> back then, I mean, we are thrilled to see the the recent continued growth within females in sport, mm-hmm. and especially within this niche of refereeing. We've got some referees female referees that have excelled in refereeing, but that's like very recent. So it really was such a male dominated thing, even probably when you were stepping at it in just the local youth leagues. Is that true? Yeah. I went on to uh, 
referee at regionals, got to represent Kansas. And I was the only female to go. They had to have me room with a referee from Iowa because she was the mm-hmm. only other female from Iowa to go at the time, which um, yeah. she was about 10 years older than me. So she kind of took me under her wing too. Faith Rossi. She was amazing. Oh, and yeah. Just someone to, to kind of talk to. And I uh, had was honored to get a, a center at regionals, which is very hard to get whenever you're a young referee. And I don't think people realize the community, you know, when you're a coach, when you're a player, you don't see it, but the referee community is so strong and tight niche that when I had a center, there were 30 referees that came to watch me just because Mm -hmm. they were showing their support. Now they didn't wear the referee outfits. They kind of stayed back. So it didn't look like I had this wall of referees there to help, but it was just so amazing that they were there cheering me on and clapping or, you know, just showing their support in any way. And so the referee community is very tight niche and it's fun to be part of. Now I'm kind of on the other side. So a lot of them don't know me because it's been a while since I have refereed. Um, But for the ones I do know, they they kind of like it was a referee. We we get it uh, with that. So, right. Right. So you got to play at a high level. You uh, played soccer. What, what was your perception or relationship? This is going off the beaten path a little bit, but perception or relationship with referees, uh, no, I did include that question. Awesome. Wow, that's great. Uh, <laughs> perception or relationship with referees as you went about your your playing career, especially as a referee? It was fun um, seeing some of the ones that I kind of grew up in refereeing with go into the college level. And, you know, I got to ride in the cars with some of them, too, whenever we would drive to other places. So seeing them on the college uh, field was was fun and then sometimes it'd be like oh man you're refereeing no and then just joking around and so it was one and weird with my teammates seeing me talking to the refs like who talks to the refs um but of course I did because it's such a tight community um what's fun now kind of off the beaten path with that is I'm commentating for KU soccer now yeah and so um I can get the perspective of the referee too at times you know Mm -hmm. why are they calling this type of game what are they seeing you know the emotions are starting to to get heightened and you can see the referee has tightened up the, the play and just giving that aspect of it too. Right. Right. Absolutely. Cause once you've had that, even though you haven't, when's the last time you, you officiated aside from an alumni game, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I do. Re- the, uh, the alumni event that we have, I do referee basically to keep Nikki Wally from getting a red card. Um, <laughs> but uh, I would say it's been about 20 years since I yeah. have, um, which is sad to say. I do, being a varsity soccer coach, whenever we need a C-team referee, I'll I'll jump in and I'll be wearing khakis yeah. and a polo and the players are going, why is Gonzalez refereeing? And then they're like, man, she's keeping this game up. Let's get, We better show up you now. Yeah. So I can definitely step in, but I have not been certified in a while to do it. I need to take the referee test, but it's been about 20 years. Yeah, yeah but it's one of those things where once you've been kind of exposed to that other side of things, you have that perspective, even though the game may have changed, even though laws and rules have changed and things you, you, it, it's like, you can never not know that, right? I mean, you, you always understand that referee vantage point, I think. Well, uh, I think what also was fun when I was at KU, I remember at a practice, we were working on set pieces and the rule had changed at the time. It was, it had to like roll forward a full, you know, mm-hmm. and then they changed it to it just had to be touched for the time at the college game. And so I was like, hey, coach, actually, this changed. And they're going, OK, we got to redo our set piece because they didn't even know. Yeah. That changed. So I know they always enjoyed me updating them on the rules because I always kept up to date with what was going on uh, with sure. that. 
So playing career, you know, you had refereed, you kind of hung that up, continued to play. And then how did you get involved into coaching? Well, what did that, how did that happen? When I graduated from Shawnee Mission West, I put on my senior thing, wanting to teach math and coach soccer. So I always knew leaving Shawnee Mission West, that was a dream of mine. And Mark Sheldon was my high school coach. He went on to help coach at KU for a while. Uh, He's now an assistant at UMKC doing great things with Jess Smith. Um, But he came back uh, to West uh, while I was still in college. And I remember I had just finished up playing our last game. And it was a couple weeks after. And he called. He goes, what are you doing this spring? I don't know. I just season just ended. Soccer career is done, I guess. As well, we have a JV opening. Maybe this is my my in, my niche, what I need. So he welcomed me onto his staff. And uh, then I ended up student teaching at West. And he kind of trained me. It wasn't the the field aspect that he was working with me. It was kind of the off the field stuff of the paperwork, you know, all of the organizing. And then he had um, the opportunity to coach at Olathe Northwest when it opened. And so he goes, you're ready. And I'm moving on. And so I've uh, interviewed and was very lucky to be a young varsity head coach. But at the time I was the only female head coach in 6A for Kansas soccer, which is crazy. But now, now it's changed, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That tide has turned significantly. And I think you were in a lot of respects, a trailblazer in that and um, which is, is, is incredible. Um, So I guess moving into kind of what, and I, I think a lot of our audience, right, are, are the nerdy referee types. If you're listening to a referee <laughs> podcast, you're a special kind of a nerd. But, um, you know, the question is is often how do we I, – at least I hope it's being asked how do we improve the relationship with coaches and referees. I think we're trying to get to that point instead of just a us versus them, um, which I, I know some folks have been in for a long time just kind of – they might get – that's what it is. But I think the majority of us really do, especially at the youth and high school levels – want to make sure that that's a working relationship. So uh, maybe on the more negative side of that, what are the biggest hindrances that you feel like, I may have already articulated one, to the relationship, uh, a positive relationship between coaches and referees? It's changed now because the first game that I referee, or excuse me, that I was coaching as a varsity coach, my assistant was a man. And the center referee Mm -hmm. walked right by me and went right to my assistant and said, all right, hey, coach, excited for a good game. Can I get your roster? And he goes, why don't you ask the head coach? And I was like waving going, wait, that's me. I'm supposed to talk to them. So I know in knowing who the head coach is, that has changed a lot with, you know, having the information put out there ahead of time. A lot of the referees know that. Um, I think a big thing is being willing to admit a mistake, both from the coaches and the referees. I really acknowledge that, you know, whenever I yell at something and, I was wrong. Like, hey, that that was on me. I I messed up on yelling that you were at the right call. But vice versa, whenever a referee mm-hmm. makes a mistake, just be like, hey, my bad. You know, that means a lot to the coaches. And right. with that, I think that uh, sometimes doesn't happen. Uh, a lot of referees try to control the game. Um, a lot of coaches mm-hmm. try to control the game too. I know, so I can't say much. But uh, in not being the center of attention, I think is big. Whenever the referee is just helping the game flow you know, calling those needed calls. It's just so smooth and so nice. We're like, wow, that referee did awesome. You know, I understand mm-hmm. when there's a good talking to you, but sometimes when when we're yelling with emotion, sometimes we're just yelling to be loud. Um, mm-hmm. And some people take that as they're getting yelled at and then an automatic cars going out. But you couldn't hear whenever I was saying sub before, so I'm really yelling it now. 
um, mm-hmm. and understanding, yeah. I think understanding the growth of the game is really big too. You know, mm. the game, whenever I play it is so different from now. And, and one of your questions you, I really liked was uh, how female sports has changed so much. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we were not good athletes. We were, we were great athletes, but it has improved even more. They're more creative. Um, they're doing more outside of the field. And in seeing that, it's a physical game, not keeping it too tight because just because they're women doesn't mean that they can't play hard and understanding right. that. Yeah. Oh man. Such, such good points uh, wrapped up in that. And I think, like you said, knowing the moments it's fresh on my mind coming off of a basketball game. It's a different sport, but same similar concept. It, it, we had an evaluator on Friday night and he, he was praising us in the moment, but oftentimes we do miss this of when the game needed us to step in, and when the game just needs us to step back and let the kids play, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that is, that can be, as you know, from various vantage points that you've had on the game, that can be such a challenging line to toe. Cause you're like, okay, if I let this kind of happen, is that going to open the door to something else? Or are they going to respond favorably to that versus, okay, if I step in, have this little moment and then I pull back and see what that looks like. And, and probably similarly in a coaching, you know, put, oh, yeah. put your coaching oh, yeah. on, right? Like, do I step in and, and have this conversation or this point of direction, or do we step back and see how this plays out? And I think even acknowledging like that, acknowledging how similar our roles are, even though we wear different outfits and, mm-hmm. you know, one socks are slightly higher and more awkward than the other. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't know why we have to dress like this, but uh, so, but, but that we're all in this with very similar goals. It's just our roles look slightly different. You know, and Agreed. I think we failed to I think we failed to make those connections at times. Um, I hope we're getting better with that. But I don't sometimes I, would, I feel like we take step forwards. Other times it feels like steps back. I'm not sure. It goes away. I think it's been a lot better lately. Recently, um, last spring, I thought especially they did a great job. Um, I think another also thing is I feel there's still a difference in the men's and women's side. Maybe more of youth is. Fouls are called. And but I think sometimes in the men's game they're allowed to be more emotional, more intense, and not carded. And then sometimes mm. in the women's game they're carded right away. I'm like, well, why did they get a card? You know, in the men's game that wouldn't have been, you know, yep. and they're not getting in each other's faces, but kind of close with that. The referee will step and be like, hey, back off. That's a warning. But sometimes in the women's game it's just, you know, they're expected to be polite athletes at times when it can't happen. You need to let them just be athletes. That that goes into really what the next question I had lined up for us was, you know, from the vantage point of a um, of playing and coaching in the women's game, what aspects of the game do officials most often misunderstand or simply fail to grasp? And I think it's interesting you bring this up because it wasn't this last fall, but the fall before in a, in a college game, I had a I had a, a male coach for a women's team approach us about that, and it was specific to language because he goes, "Man, I hear in like a men's college game, I'll hear." all sorts of, you know, call it incidental language or just things that are mm-hmm. being said. And it feels like my girls, as soon as something slightly off color comes out, the card is quick to follow. Mm-hmm. And it made me think, it made me question back, like, okay, is that something that I've done, right? Just to apply it to myself to go, oh, let me make myself aware of it. But I think that's a really good point that it does kind of do that. And I'm not sure, I don't know if I know why, uh, I don't know if it's because male referees 
and I will say this for me, I find refereeing women's games to be much more difficult for me than refereeing a men's game, just because I don't, I have a much harder time connecting and relating with the players. And sometimes the contact for me and they're the female players can be much more um, intelligent (laughs) with the way that they play (laughs) and the way that they will be more like guys. It's like, if a guy's ticked, he's going to let you know right away. You know, Mm -hmm. he's going to be an idiot. Whereas a a girl can be much more, um, I don't mean to be calculating on that sense, but they can be much more strategic with how they're uh, doing different things. Right. They, yeah. And, and sometimes like, I feel like I can talk to a male player a little bit easier than I can talk to a female. So maybe that can, maybe that contributes to some referees just going, you know what? I'm not even going to try to manage. I'm just going to give a card. And so it could be just an issue of tools, but what do you think those issues are as far as what referees maybe fail to grasp or misunderstand? And then maybe we can get towards the solutions, but maybe it's just identifying what those are first. I think it also needs to be on the coach too. It can't just be on the rest for that because mm-hmm. I know when a person's been taken down, I'm like, oh, I got to get them off now <laughs> to get yeah. because that's been ready to backfire. They're going to retaliate and that's not going to be a good situation uh, with that. But I think that's where you got to rely on your assistants. And, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if everyone has the talking one, but make sure that they know, keep an eye on this player because mm-hmm. something's going to happen behind my back. Um, right. and that's where the trio really needs to be uh, knowing what to look for or just in reading the situation this person just got taken out really badly they're walking away frustrated nothing's happening right there because it won't but in about 10 minutes that other person's going to be taken out by someone mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily and that's maybe a difference between men's and women's um, there's some teams that there's a player going right get, I'm going to take them out uh, that's, right. they took out my player I'm going after them um, mm. But again, as coaches, we need to watch that too. Yeah, right. And and I uh, that's a huge, I know there's times when I've been very happy with a coach that's been, especially in games where they're like a high school game where there are no substitution restrictions. You know, I understand that it might be a loss to have that player right. out for a certain amount mm-hmm. of time, but is it better to have that player out for two minutes than to have them thrown out and play a player down and be, you know, those kind of, to me, it, that's where it starts to weigh in. But Conversely, when when you have a coach that you feel like you're able to then work with in that, I'm able to go look over and go, hey, Sarah, and I, most of the time, I don't even need to say it, right? But if I need to be able to, hey, number 12 yep. or, you know, or 15, she's kind of, we've got a little bit of this going on, you know, just between you and me. I think that goes back to that question of those are the moments where I feel like we are most effective for the sake of the players in the game. Yep. When we're able to then have yep. those kinds of conversations, brief interactions that feel like it's best for the whole situation. Um, are there other aspects of the game that you feel like are misunderstood uh, as far as the female game is concerned? No, I think that's kind of the main thing. The emotions yeah. recognizing that allow them to have them with some things. Yeah. I mean, going and decking a player. No, that's not, but right. recognizing that I feel, you know, it's, it's what you said that some card, what that coach talked to you about. Some cards are easily given, given to the women's game than the men's because they're like, Oh, they're just, they just need to let it out and they'll be fine. You know, still allowing them to celebrate, still allowing them to be mad. And sometimes they're already mad at the rest. Sometimes they're mad at each other and just yelling at each other. Right. Right. Hmm. Um, so I guess this also dovetails off of that, but, you know, at the level that you see most frequently, which I guess, you know, is high school for sure, but then that you're mm-hmm. seeing so much of the collegiate game too in, in your role. 
Um, they're doing some some commentating and things. Where has the officiating you felt like been good, and where are those kind of growth edges or areas for development? Um, I've seen so many more female referees in the college level, which is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite crews was an all female crew. Unfortunately, I don't remember all of their names, but sure. they they were just. It was such a smooth game. KU didn't win that game, unfortunately. But, um, mm. you know, it was not because of, of those situations. Um, I would say that still in recognizing the speed of play in both levels, um, mm-hmm. sometimes referees are getting a little too close to the game, you know, and so mm-hmm. when players are trying to switch the ball and it hits the ref, yeah. and that just that kind of bugs me whenever they're right on top of, you know, we kind of keep saying that whenever the referees are letting the game flow, continue not getting in the way, I would say. And that's mm-hmm. not necessarily fitness. That's just reading the situation. Just continue reading and seeing that, okay, this player is pretty creative. They're going to do something with the ball. I need to make sure I'm giving them their space has been mm-hmm. something that I've seen. And that was in the college level too. Um, there were some referees that were right on top of them and it kept stopping because it kept hitting the ref. And there's mm-hmm. some that, you know, gave him 10 yards and, and let him play. And it was, it was nice to see. Yeah. It has one of the things that we talk about with, um, and this comes from a, a female referee, Tori Penso, who's been recognized at the, you know, international level, what she's mm-hmm. doing. Um, she talked about in some presentations I've heard her give, she talked about how as a female referee in the men's game, she uses the, the first 10 to 15 minutes, especially, that period to show her work rate and to show her knowledge mm-hmm. of the game and to show that even though she probably doesn't need to prove this, but to show that she belongs there. And so that, that sets the tone. Conversely, we tell a lot of our male officials, you have that first 10 to 15 minutes. If you, if there's something that you miss because a either you just, it was a mistake or B you weren't mentally engaged or prepared or whatever, Oftentimes, female players can can think of that as uh, this referee, especially as a male referee, doesn't care. Like they came into this game thinking that, oh, it's a girl's game. It'll be slower. It won't be as intense. It won't be all that kind of stuff. Is that an accurate assumption? Is Do those thoughts go through female player and coacher, coaches' heads? Well, one, the girls remember the refs. <laughs> they will yeah. always remember the refs. They'll remember plays like we did. We had that. I mean, I don't remember. I know a lot of them, but I don't remember yeah. everything. Didn't memorize every bad or good situation. Um, so like, oh, okay. So they're not going to move as fast. So we can, you know, we need to watch out for that. Or they don't call offside. We got to watch out for that. They they mm. always remember those things. So I would say limit your mistakes in the female game because they will remember them. But um, yeah, you know, they they do recognize that. I remember when I was a ref, I used the first ten to fifteen to kind of keep it tight, then loosen up. That was probably the wrong sure. way uh, with that. But I always kind of appreciated it a little tighter and then let loosened up because, mm-hmm. you know, you know that they're going to call it and then, yeah. you know, let it, let it flow a little bit more. Um, but uh, I think overcalling it does hurt it as well because then you're like, well, we can't sure. do anything right. So you have to kind of find the balance with that. So I feel, especially in the girl, the women's game, if girls, they're going to start getting heated the more that you allow. And so in the first 10 mm. to 15 minutes, if you're allowing all this stuff, they're going to remember that. And that's what we talk about how the coach has to keep an eye or referee needs to be aware because that person was taken out in the first 10 to 15 minutes, no call. I'll, I'll get them back type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Hmm. So big picture, 
not just high school, not just college, all, but, but it can be narrowed to that in your answers, certainly. But what are the keys to continuing to value this diversity and equity and inclusion in, in our sport? Um, and I'll, I'll get to it more on the referee side too, but there's, you know, I, I think we're seeing that continuing to grow and develop that it's not just, um, you know, even on our referee community, we look at things, you're like, okay, who's working tonight? White man, white man, white man, you know? And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm not saying they don't do a good job, but are we making this a community that welcomes that diversity? Because I think we're better when we do. So mm-hmm. what are the keys to continuing down that road from your vantage point? Mentorship is huge. Mm. Um, scheduling with people that they can go with. I mean, having Faith Rossi as a mentor for me, she mm-hmm. had been at the time she was a newer referee, um, but she had done regional. She had done men's leagues and she kind of gave me the ideas of going into the, the Hispanic leagues and refereeing. She goes, if you want to really get challenged, mm-hmm. go take those games. And man, those, those are some intense, very talented, talented games. But uh, that's something that I definitely had to learn to earn my respect because they all looked at me and like, yeah, you're not going to referee our game. And then, I did. And then they recognized me for a while, but having that mentorship, something believing, um, continuing the talks with the coaches. I know that's something you've done with Jamie Kelly, which has been good and recognizing that we are all on the same team. We all Mm -hmm. just want the beautiful game to happen and not control it. Um, and listening to each other. I mean, coaches need to listen to, I I know that's something that I need to, I know my assistants always say though, if I'm yelling, that probably means that something bad happened because I do have the referee, view of that as well mm-hmm. and sometimes my coaches are yelling and I'm like no they're right there it's yeah. my coaches and recognizing <laughs> you know that too um but making sure that we are communicating um mm-hmm. and just in all of us reading the game we talked about that and yeah. seeing the heated players you know and that needs to be coach to coach I know there's some coaches who say like hey this girl's getting a little chippy some of them I'm friends with that I feel I can go talk to them and say hey can you watch out for that girl Right. And also on top of the refs, but uh, just continuing those conversations. Um, mm-hmm. I was, again, a female going into the only one. I was the only Hispanic female, too, mm-hmm. with that. Um, so it was very lonely at the time. Um, but yeah. now some of my soccer players are refereeing. And I love seeing, I try to push for them, too. I try and try. And mm-hmm. I'm just scared. So the fans yeah. also need to recognize that people are trying. We don't want to scare them off too early. So having those mentors... Yeah you know, keep growing them. And I try to make sure I compliment. I don't know if I've complimented you in a long time, Gordy, but I know I've complimented a lot of other referees. I haven't done uh, anything to earn it. That's the thing, Sarah. <laughs> so maybe when I do, yeah, no. Yeah. And you are good with that. You're absolutely good with that. Yeah. And I think a lot of, sorry to interrupt you there. It was a word that you were going to, yeah. I was just going to say, I think a lot of the coaches in this area, it, it feels at least where we're at. And, and I, you know, I don't know how far reaching our audience is, but I'm hoping that that, that relationship feels to be continuing to improve. And I do see a lot of our coaches, especially with the high school level, when we do see we have younger officials, they, yes, there is a little bit of that kind of, we're kind of feeling each other out a little bit because there isn't that relationship. Whereas like I've known a lot of these coaches for a very long time. Um, but there at least is a coaches will say, Hey, I may not have agreed with this kind of stuff, but it was really nice to see a young referee mm-hmm. that can run that you know that kind of thing and uh and i i'm always appreciative of that that we're recognizing you know when we're getting younger and that those need to be 
uh, I don't know if this is the right word, but preserved a little bit, right? They might need a pat on the back a little bit more than mm-hmm. somebody's been at it for a long time. So uh, I think we're making progress in that area, at least in, in, our, in our part of the state. Uh, yeah, and I think definitely. that's a testament to, to both sides of, of, of this. So, um, well, I do want to, in, in a lighter thing, we've been doing this, this or that segment. Okay. And I really want to do this because it's been fun and I'm, I'm just intrigued. So, um, so if, if you've not tuned into this before this, this or that segment, maybe you've seen it on social media, we've been asking our guests, you know, to just, we would just, it's a smash and grab. Here we go. One it's you give this option or that option. So our first example will be, and Sarah, you are welcome to just answer it, but it's way more fun if you answer and then give a rationale, because then we might be Got able it. to get into a heated debate okay. about it. We'll see. Uh, so ice cream or cake? Ice cream. Uh, cake sometimes is too much frosting. Yes. Oh, so good. Okay. We're off to a good start. Coffee or tea? Coffee. I despise tea. I don't know how Ted Lasso, or I agree with Ted Lasso on it. Uh, tea is not my thing. Also a Shawnee Mission West uh, alum. Had to put yes. it out there. Him and Paul Rudd. Yep. I'm proud of our Vikings. That's right. I did uh, meet Jason be- Sudeikis. That was pretty fun. So when? He, when he found um, Sidney Miramontes is a former player of mine. She uh-huh. went on to play at Nebraska, went on to play professionally, and I was honored to go to her wedding. And it was at the um, uh, hotel downtown. I, I just lost the name of it. But uh, when Jason Sudeikis was in town, he was staying at the hotel, and he was out in the restaurant area with some friends. And I was actually too scared to go talk to him. But my wife was like, we're doing this. We're going yeah. So she walked up and he was very polite at first, but she goes, well, she coaches at West and teaches at West. And he stood right up and just started chatting with us and asking how West was. So it was, he was very friendly. So got to meet a fellow Viking. That is awesome. 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 All right. Um, beach or mountains? Beach. I like okay. playing in the sand. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, iPhone or Android? iPhone. I that's what my wife bought, and so I, I go with it. It's easy. You for just me. roll with it. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. And you guys have all the Apple stuff, right? With Shiny Missions. So yeah, it just yeah. Kind of... So it makes it easier. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, cats or dogs? Cats. We have a cat right now, but all three kids are asking for a dog, so I might be switching that in the future. You may relent. Yes. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, night owl or morning person? Morning. Get up at four thirty in the morning to work out. Bless your heart. I need <laughs> some of that in me. Ugh. All right. Uh, so as far as if you're going to let's do playing weather and then coaching weather. OK, so if you're going to play, do you want it hot or cold? You know, as a goalkeeper, I did not really care about the temperature. I just didn't want it windy. That was the only thing I could play mm. in hot and cold. But when it was windy, that just messed with it so much. Rain doesn't matter. But the wind, mm-hmm. whenever it had that really high wind. Uh, there was a field I played at in Olathe Heritage Field that I swear had a downhill uh, field that was going against the wind. Worst games. You always played the best team, too. And you always had to go against the wind um, uphill, pretty much. So yeah. just anything, not wind. If but, it was uh, at Heritage. Playing... Yeah, if it was at Heritage, there's a large chance that it was downhill. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I think it was field 15 and just boom. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, coaching-wise... I would say I really enjoy playing in the cold because I feel sometimes the heat really limits the players. It doesn't allow them to be them. 
um, as much as we try to say hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. All of the players are into Celsius drinks right now, and mm-hmm. it's insane. And even though we're saying those are horrible for you, the cramps home, uh, come, and they just you don't get the full player. I feel in the cold you can. And then referee, I guess I didn't include that in there, but referee weather, mm-hmm. what do you prefer? I would say the same, no wind, just no wind, because running into yes. that wind when you feel you're trying to keep up with the play or whenever the they get the big boom with the wind, you're like, oh, man, there's a 60-yard sprint I need to catch up to. Um, but hot right. and cold, it really it didn't matter to me on that, too. I enjoyed enjoyed all of them. I always like working with a newer official that they're just wide-eyed about the experience. And so they don't factor in like which AR is going to be worse for the wind. And I was like, y'all, I'll, I'll be AR one. They're like, oh, you're going to be for the coach today. I'm like that. The coach has nothing to do with my decision. Yep. You're just going to be running for 80 minutes, bro. But yep, anyway, pretty much. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So win in a blowout or a nail biter, nail biter blowout. It's tough to coach. Either way, I mean, you know, I've, I've been on both ends. Um, it's just you you try to ask for more, but it's tough mentally. You know, I, I will challenge them mentally with the loss or the win to, to get better. But in a nail biter, it's easy for them to stay mentally focused. It's easy. They're already challenged with that score um, and understanding of it. Plus, I just feel that it's, you know, when you go into overtime, who can overcome their soreness, their exhaustion, and still stay focused and be precise in the game. Mm-hmm. All right. I've got two more that I didn't share with you in advance, but they've come to me as we've talked. So one, okay. wait, did they, hold on. I think I lost one of them. What was the other one I was thinking about? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Only 33, but it's memories going fast. So uh, let's see the, when it comes to uh, coaching a team, would you rather have a bunch of, underclassmen youngsters that are are doing great or would you rather have the the senior heavy tried and true group that one's a tough one because i have Mm -hmm. had both and eventually the youngsters become the seniors but i'd say right now i'd go with the seniors because Mm -hmm. um you can really trust uh and what that they're taking care of things and are ready and know the system already and uh, are just wanting to step on the field. Yeah. And I lost the other one. So that's (laughs) this or that segment. It has now come to a very abrupt close, but um, no, this has been such a good conversation. Um, And, and I, I so appreciate all that you've done for high school soccer in Kansas and continue to do. You have found so much um, success in, in various ways. I know sometimes we pigeonhole success, uh, coaches, it's just wins and losses. And we know that success is so much broader than that with what you're doing with student athletes. And the same thing with officials. We try to tell officials that success is not, did I make it to get a FIFA badge? Um, being successful is, did I, there's a lot of people that will never do higher than sometimes it's Heartland, but we've got some gut. Mm-hmm. And I say Heartland for those who are audience bigger, that's our local youth league. But there's somebody I met mentoring this past, uh, I guess it was spring. That there's a gentleman that he comes out and I think twice a weekend he comes out and does three nine V nine games in the middle. And his whole job is to just come out and do that. He goes, it gets me out of the house. He may have said it gets him away from his wife. I don't remember who it was. So I'm probably not <laughs> going to get him in trouble, but no, but he goes, it's some exercise for me, but he goes, I can help younger officials develop. And I enjoy being a part of the game. And I'm like, we celebrate the people that have made it to the top as well. We should, but those are people we need to celebrate too. And so I think sometimes recalibrating success is really important. So thank you for 
being successful in so many different ways um, and being on our podcast today uh, has just been fantastic. So I'll give you a chance to, if there's anything that you feel like I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight, unless I say this on the check complete podcast. Um, You know, just an advice of people in the community of soccer, be involved however you can. I I Mm. would say I'm going to coach the rest of my teaching career, but I don't know. Um, kind of depends mm-hmm. on I have three young kids. Um, soccer is just in my heart and always will be. So I know mm-hmm. that when I am stepping down as a coach, not this year, not anytime soon, but in future, mm-hmm. um, I'll still want to be involved. And I think it'll be more of refereeing a C game, refereeing a youth mm-hmm. game. You know, in the it's easy for people to get excited to referee a center of a college game or a high school game, but we need to recognize that all of the community needs to have officials. So. I'm retired now from refereeing, but I know it will be coming back in the future. And I bet you can hold me to it. Definitely. Awesome. Well, sir, thank you so much. I look forward to a great uh, spring season here in Kansas as we play our high school girls soccer in the spring here for our, I know different states do different things. So we're excited for that. If it ever decides to get above 25 degrees. (laughs) It's going to snow right before high school season. It always does. So (laughs) we're just ready for that. Yeah, we'll just, we're going to. It's a it's a prophecy. We're going to enjoy our cold weather games, as we talked about. Yep, so pretty much. But, uh, yeah. Thanks so much for your time. We so appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Well, sadly, we come to a close here uh, of season two, episode numero thirteen o. Um, Nathan, thanks for being with us. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, we've enjoyed an opportunity to nerd out. Nathan, we'll be back. We're going to dive into a little bit more. Uh, on another episode uh, of some of the items that we discussed and maybe a few that we may have missed. So uh, don't worry, you'll get more Nathan very soon. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, get your therapists on the phone. So um, if you're not already uh, like following us, liking our content, subscribing to it, sharing it with your families, your friends, your work coworkers, people you don't know, Please do that uh, at check underscore complete on um, X and Instagram. That's what Twitter is now, right? X. Uh, yes, it is. Okay. Uh, check complete podcast on Facebook and the check complete podcast on the YouTubes. If you're not watching it there, this is if you're listening to us. Uh, I don't blame you. I know what I look like. Um, but if you'd like to watch, we have a video version on the YouTubes as well. So like and subscribe to that if you so desire. Um, thanks so much for engaging with the Check Complete podcast. We hope that you enjoy whatever it is that's next on your game list, whether that be futsal, indoor, outdoor, wherever you are in the country or the world. Get out there. Happy whistling. Thank you again, Nathan. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And we'll see you next time on the Check Complete podcast.